My name is Nick Wagner Sr., and I am the creator of the Full Potential Podcast. So thanks again for uh, joining another episode of the Full Potential Podcast. And uh, this is Nick Wagner, and I'm super excited to be recording with a lifelong friend and TV producer, Matt Williams. So Matt, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on, Nick. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I say lifelong friend because I've I've interviewed a lot of people for this podcast that I literally just met, right? Like I met through a, a mutual friend or I met through LinkedIn or I met through Twitter or someone's like, hey, you should interview this person. They're really interesting and inspirational. Go check them out. Uh, but I haven't interviewed that many friends. So thanks. Thanks for making time. And, you know, uh, you know, when we were talking about why I wanted to have you on the show, uh, my whole the whole point of my podcast is to really inspire and motivate people and help them you know, help them learn something to reach their full potential. And I just thought your story about your journey from, you know, going to Syracuse, you know, for, for television and radio and film to where you are today is just really cool. So um, that's why I want to have you. So, you know, thank you so much. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited to be here. And I think it's great what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that. So why don't we start with, you know, give me like a, a two minute, what does Matt Williams do? Like, what's your job, right? Because it's, you do a lot of things, but if I, if you had to give someone an elevator pitch, like what do you do on a daily basis? Okay. Um, well, I am a supervising producer or co-executive producer, producer, director, writer, depending on the show. Um, right now I'm working on a show for Nat Geo wild. Uh, and, and um, when I'm out in the field, I'm directing, I'm talking to talent. I'm, um, you know, managing the crew, uh, telling them what shots to get, stuff like that. And then when that's done with, when the filming part's done with, I go to back to post, uh, which I'm in now, and I'm uh, reviewing edits, uh, having them, you know, remove stories, add stuff, um, make stuff more dramatic, that kind of thing. So uh, it, it, every day is a little bit different. Uh, I'd say I spend about six months on the road, typically, in a given year. Um, and I prefer being in the field, but it's, uh, yeah, every, every day is a little bit different in my industry. That's, uh, and so you know, I, I have so many questions based off what you just said that we're going to get into, but, you know, I think, and we, we talked about this, right? You know, there's a lot of people that I think when they're growing up, you know, they might be watching a movie or they might be watching TV and they say to themselves or their friends or family, I want to make you know, I want to, I want to produce TV shows one day. I want to make movies. Right. And a lot of, a lot of, you know, kids, you know, especially today. Right. I mean, you can get into making your own content much easier today than you could 20 years ago as an example, but completely not an easy industry as, as you know, it's um, super competitive. So, so I would love for you to tell our, our listeners about your career journey. You know, how did you end up working? And I'm looking at the list of some of the, I mean, you've worked on stuff for, USA, VH1, uh, Nat, you know, National Geographic, MTV. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on of, of major networks that we all watch on a daily basis. You've, you've done TV shows for them. So how did that happen? Like, take us through your career journey on how you made it to, from school to what you're doing now. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, in, in high school, uh, you know, it, 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 I, it, I didn't know definitively this is what I wanted to do but I did know that uh, I really enjoyed making videos for you know English classes history classes just just goofing around making videos with friends and I I thought yeah hey that'd be kind of fun to go into um went to Syracuse graduated 2003 
Most people either go to New York or L.A. in our industry. And I happened to take an internship down in Orlando, Florida. Um, They were advertising that they were it was a small upstart company that was um, doing an MTV True Life. And they were using the same cameras I used to college. And but at the time, I was really into the MTV True Life series and just the whole, you know, documentary genre uh, in general. So um, that's that's kind of what happened there. I wound up taking a th- an internship, uh, three months unpaid in Orlando, um, showed up and, you know, I met the owner of the company the first day and uh, I told her that I'm going to work so hard. You're going to have to hire me after this. I, lo- and- I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I, I just treated it like Survivor, honestly. Um, I needed to be the, the hardest worker in the room, the last one there. And, uh, you know, I got noticed. And I, you know, from there, I pretty much stayed at the same company um, for about 10 years, working my way up the ranks from, you know, production assistant, working 16, 18 hours a day, um, making 90 bucks to associate producer, segment producer, uh, producer, director, and, and up to where I'm at today. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's been a fun journey. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So share with the audience, Matt, because you're obviously in this world every day. When you started out, what did you do, right? Like, take me through, you know, you just mentioned like four or five jobs. How did your, how did your responsibility change as you went? And then how did, I think my real question was like, how did you end up gaining the skills that you needed to actually produce a TV show, right? Because obviously you learned stuff in, in college, but how did you gain skills as you went through the, your, your, your different roles? That's a good question. Uh, a one I hadn't really thought about. <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess it was a combination of, you know, when I was an intern, um, I was working on the show. It was a plastic surgery show for MTV called I Want a Famous Face. And I had at that point through a couple months of my internship demonstrated, you know, I understood story. I understood how to work a camera and everything like that. And when um, I mean, this, the company was was super small and, and did not have a lot of resources at the time. And they had a producer shooter quit. Um, and rather than pay someone a day rate to go out and uh, go to Arizona and finish off one of these stories, they, they sent me out and it was a great opportunity. I didn't get paid, but um, as an intern, I was, you know, essentially um, producing uh, an, an MTV show, which was just awesome. And that's, then, really, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's something where I, I think a lot of people have the skills and, and can be a quick learner, you know, as a production assistant, a lot of it is grabbing coffees and getting releases and um, a lot of, you know, really not glorious stuff to do. But um, uh, along the way, I demonstrated that I, you know, I had some um, good creative sense and that kind of propelled me into in the producing direction. And by the time I was an associate producer, um, you know, they wanted me in on all the brainstorming meetings and I was coming up with storylines for, for future episodes of, of various shows and stuff like that. And, um, well, I think, so it, I think you yeah. make a really good point that the work you were doing at the beginning wasn't necessarily glamorous. However, you still took a lot of pride in it. You worked really hard. You hustled, you listened, you learned. And because you did all those things, when an opportunity came up, they gave it to you, which I think is really, really fantastic. 
Yeah, I mean, that's it, it drives me crazy when I see kids coming out of school, especially um, like a lot of people in our industry. There's a couple of specialty schools, uh, colleges where people come out of like full sale in Florida. And it's a great school, but some, you know, sometimes students come out and they they just feel so entitled and they think they should be directing right off the bat. And it, it just drives me crazy. You, you got to pay your dues. You, you got to be humble about it. And um, that was just something I, I understood from the beginning. And it, it served me well. So, so as you, you know, you, 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 like I said before, you worked on probably dozens of shows at this point, right? Absolutely. Uh, is, is there a, and you mentioned you stayed with your original company for, for like a good amount of time. Was there a, did you have like a mentor or someone that you really kind of looked up to as, you know, I want to, I want to produce TV shows like that person or were you learning from all different types of people? Yeah. I didn't really have one person um, that, that I looked up to. Um, and it wasn't like there was one director that I just had to be like, it wasn't like Tarantino get, you know, was the reason I got into this. Um, it, it was just something I, I really like to do. Uh, I, and um, I, I just kind of wound up in, in a, a, you know, a young company, a growing company, and with a lot of young, fun people that liked having fun, liked being creative, and uh, it just was kind of the, the perfect marriage. So, so you, you said you were with, with Pink Sneakers for, for quite some time. Uh, what was, of, of all the shows you worked on there, what was one of your favorites? Um, I have, uh, God, uh, there's, there's a few. Hogan Knows Best. Uh, it was, was has sentimental value to me. I, I, I did about four seasons on that, worked my way up. By the end of it, I was the assistant director. Um, and it was just cool working with Hulk Hogan and his family. You know, obviously, um, I was, I was a, a wrestling fan growing up, so it was, it was kind of surreal just stepping into that, like pretty much straight out of college. Um, but then I, I, I did probably five to six years just doing redneck shows for CMT. And, you know, they're stupid, they're, they're simple, they're silly, but they were just a lot of fun to work on. And there was no drama. We were never pushing, you know, we didn't have to worry about, you know, girls throwing drinks at each other at tables and, and any of that like crap. So it was, it was a lot of fun just going out there, being creative, coming up with different things. And just having having a lot of laughs uh, every day. So um, the other show uh, between it was either my my big redneck vacation, which became my big redneck family, um, and and that's what I'm really proud of. It it, uh, it was the first of its kind. It was a completely scripted um, reality show. Uh, so you know uh, it, it wasn't something they advertised at the time, which was kind of weird. But it was uh, it, it didn't get the the critical acclaim that it should have, but it was a very funny um, take on our rednecks when they went back home to Shreveport, Louisiana. We kind of uh, put them in scenarios. Um, it, you know, it was shot in the style of The Office, and uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. So, so and I, 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 I've always wondered this, right? When, when you were coming out of school, did you have a specific genre that you wanted to? target or focus on or were you pretty much open to whatever opportunities come you're going to jump on board how did that how did that work i i was i did have a couple genres in mind but um i was also willing to go the first place that you know just gave me a crack in the door um i'm probably unlike 
every other one of your your listeners where like I I hate networking that it I absolutely dread it I, I have panic attacks about it almost um, you know I just don't like talking to new people but um, you know give give me an opportunity get me in the door and and I'm gonna prove myself so um, I knew I wanted to either work in the you know documentary um, docu reality world which at the time like the Osbournes and everything had just started up and it was uh, it, it was exciting. It was it was big. So uh, I knew I either wanted to do that or go into, um, you know, scripted TV and, and just be a writer, um, which would have been great, too. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of wound up in the in the first category and uh, haven't looked back since. But it sounds like you, you actually get the opportunity to not only, um, you know, produce and direct, but also to write. Yeah, it, it depends on the show. I mean, um, if it's a, a, a true documentary type show like what I'm doing now, um, you know, the, no writing, but back, you know, five, 10 years ago, a lot of the shows I was doing were, you know, were softly scripted was the, is the industry term that everybody uses. But um, yeah, there was a couple in there that were actually full scripted shows. So I have kind of got the best of both worlds. No, that, that's fantastic. So, uh, so what made you, let me ask this. So you, you were with pink sneakers, you said for, I think 10 years, you mentioned what, what made you leave that company uh, leave Florida and now you're out in California but you said you said originally when we kicked this off most people looking to get into the industry go to New York and California what made you eventually make that move out to California yeah um, you know I was with Pink Sneakers a while and um, like a lot of companies you know they have ebb and flows and, and they got really big at times they had up to six seven shows and um, around like 2000. 10 or so, um, 2009, maybe, uh, they dried up for a little while. I didn't have work there. I wound up, um, getting in at a company called spectrum productions, not the, the giant cable provider. Uh, but they were out of Tampa. Uh, I worked on a show called swamp men with them for a couple seasons. And, and then for about five years, I was just bouncing back and forth between the companies whenever one would have a job that appealed to me. Um, and ultimately I came out to LA, uh, cause my wife, uh, really wanted to go out here. Uh, she, you know, she lived in Orlando her whole life, and we both wanted to get a taste of some new companies out here. And um, we both worked for a couple out here, but we still get get hired by Florida companies, so it's it's sort of a catch twenty two. Oh, that's uh, that's that's pretty funny. I don't, I don't think I realized that. And so you mentioned your wife. Is your wife also in the industry? Yeah, she she's an awesome story producer. She's. Uh, you know, she works on a lot of the same type of shows for Nat Geo Wild. Uh, she's also done, you know, uh, a housewife to her show, um, a real housewife show or two. Um, and, yeah, we met in the industry way back in the day. We, we went on a casting trip together um, and about, you know, six, eight hours in a car together. You, you get to know somebody real well. That's pretty cool. So I, I, I wanted to ask uh, about. One other thing you said a little bit earlier. So you, you mentioned you're on the road six months a year, which yeah, that seems, I mean, for a lot of my listeners, that's a lot of travel, Matt. Like, wow. Uh, how, I mean, how do you handle that? Right. Is that you, you said you love being in the field, but I mean, is it hard living out of hotels, you know, that often? And, um, and I'm sure when you're, when you're out in the field too, you're also working um, a lot of hours, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of it. Uh, it Everything has its pros and cons. And, you know, I, I'm blessed enough to be able to say I've seen, I think, 48 or 48 states, on, you know, um, through work and on somebody else's dime. 
I've been to three or four different countries on somebody else's dime. Um, so I, I do love travel. My wife loves travel and that's, that's where you had to go to, to produce shows. Um, but it, it does get difficult. You know, it gets difficult being away from my wife, being away from home. You know, we don't have kids yet, but, um, obviously that's, that's going to be even harder when we do. Um, so yeah, yeah. no, that's, but, that's just, I mean, I think just, it's really interesting. I mean, it sounds, it, you, you obviously have a real passion for it and love it, but, um, you know, I, so I think for a lot of people, it sounds exhausting. <laughs> it is, it is. And, and, you know, it's a lot of the cool part about my industry and being freelance is all, you know, work my butt off for like four, six months straight, and then I'll get two months off. So, um, you know, I'll, but I, I will put in true 16, 18 hour days every single day, um, you know, trying to get stuff done. And then, but after that time's over, then, you know, we can, we can go on a trip to Hawaii or we can go to, we can go to Greece or, or wherever it is. So, um, you know, everything has its pros and cons. No, absolutely. So, so let's, let's pivot, uh, growing, growing up, right. So you mentioned that you mentioned in high school, you really liked making movies. You thought it was fun. Did, did you have, did you have someone like, did you know anyone in the industry or, you know, a family friend or, um, like a family member that had done this before and, and that's kind of where you saw this vision or was this really just, you know, like became a passion of yours just from, from being a kid? Yeah. I didn't know anybody uh, who had done it before. I just, you know, uh, I had supportive parents that are like anything you want to do, that, anything you want to pursue, go for that it. That was my next question. I wanted to hear that. I wanted to ask you, what did your parents think of this? Whole thing? Well, they, they thought it was better than trying to, um, you know, make it in a rock band. So <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, okay, I'll give them that. Especially because my rock band was not very good. Uh, no disrespect to no outlet. But um, yeah, they they were so supportive, you know, um, being able to help send me to Syracuse, a, a great school with a great program, uh, definitely put me in the right direction. Um, you know, and, and then I, I it was really in college when I fell in love with the classes and I fell in love with the, you know, just making making new things, just being creative and, and having that translate and being able to watch it back on the screen later was just was just awesome to me. No, it's so powerful. And I, I want to ask you a couple questions about that. So, you know, when, when you and I went to college, um, it, it was very different, right? I mean, as far as like how you shot movies and edited movies was very different because the iPhone didn't even exist when we went to college. So I want to hear your thoughts as, as someone in the industry. How is you know, how are cell phones and mobile video and YouTube, how is all this changing the industry? And do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Like, what are your thoughts on this? I I think it's a great thing. Um, I mean, it's certainly different. And uh, a lot of what I learned back in college in terms of the editing software and everything is absolutely obsolete. Um, But, and, and nowadays, like you don't need to go to college. Like if you're driven enough, you can, you can find the information on YouTube. You can be a self, if you're that motivated, you can be a self starter. Um, I mean, it was a great, just for a maturing and, you know, experienced, I, I highly recommend college, but um, there's definitely more than a couple paths to make it in this, in this industry. And I know a lot of people that, um, you know, have never gone to college and are very successful camera guys making 750, 800 bucks a day just to, you know, who read a book and learned stuff on YouTube. That's really interesting. So, so speaking of YouTube, have you shot a, a show 
strictly for you know youtube or any of you know any of like this the strictly internet you know um internet properties at this point or is everything you've done still being shown on what we would consider traditional cable um for me everything has pretty much been on traditional cable um at this point uh my wife and i just did finish a sizzle tape that we're trying to sell um about a so what is, uh, what does that mean for us uh, not sorry the it, it's a uh it's like a four to five minute tape where you can never get a network exec or, or an executive in this industry to watch like a whole, you know, 21 minute, 30 minute pilot on a show. Yeah. So what, what you do is present them basically like a four minute tape and just to kind of uh, gauge their interest, um, it, you know, whether they like the, the host or the characters and, and the concept. So um, we we went over to Europe and uh, with, with a family friend who is a wine travel guide and um produce this little um this little sizzle tape that we're trying to sell um ideally we both kind of see it as a uh travel channel type of show but you know we'd, we'd love to get in one of the digital outlets it's just providing a whole new world and uh, you know of opportunities and with netflix youtube red um you know hulu there's just so many oh, that's know, interesting. opportunities there. Yeah. so is, is this is this uh do you do you normally put these sizzle these sizzle you know video tape things online like for people to see or do you strictly shop it to you know networks and, and people that would be interested in buying it strictly shopping it to the people uh, interested in buying it yeah um just just because if theoretically you know somebody could rip off your idea yeah no um, no i i think i think there the, the whole world you're in obviously many of us don't know a lot about it so i, I think stuff like this is super cool well, yeah. yeah. Best of luck with that. You'll have to you'll have to fill us in and let us know how that goes. So we'll do. Uh, so let so I want to I want to pivot a little bit. And I want to ask you. Uh, I, I love asking these two questions to folks. So I want to hear, and this is for your career, not your life, but for your career. Biggest accomplishment and biggest failure. Um. Okay. Uh, I'll start with biggest failure. Okay. And that was that was definitely a job interview with ESPN in 2004 that I bombed. I mean, they told me on the spot, I didn't get it. I was nervous. I was swiveling around in my chair. It was just, it was dreadful. Um, but it was a, you know, it was a good learning experience. Um, you know, uh, and biggest accomplishment. Um, you know, I, I really am proud as, as stupid and as silly as they were. I, I produced over, I think 90 different redneck episodes of TV that aired on CMT um, and, and earned the, the nickname, the Godfather of redneck television. And, and to me, it, you know, it's not just about the shows, but it, it's about, you know, you know, me, we didn't grow up remotely redneck, but it's, I was able to connect with, you know, and, and I think that's what's made me successful is connecting with different groups of people and, finding common ground and being able to, to, you know, crack jokes with them and, and get them comfortable on camera. So it's funny you say that because earlier in the podcast, you said you, you don't like networking with people. However, yeah. you also just said that one of your biggest strengths is connecting and relating to people and making them feel at ease, you know, during their whole process of filming. So I find that really interesting. It's, it's weird, but I, I think I am kind of introverted until I'm forced to get to know somebody and then I'm, I'm very extroverted. And, um, you know, I, I do, I like, I dread meeting 
you know, um, or, or calling a new character or, or somebody, somebody on a new show. Uh, but then once I do, like instantly we're, we're best friends and, you know, we're having drinks, hanging out, cr- cracking jokes. Well, and I think, I think to what you said earlier, for when you're out on, in the field and you're out shooting, it's such an intense experience, you know, working these really long hours with this group of people, with the cast, with, you know, whoever, whomever you're working with. Obviously, everyone's together for a long time. It, having those, you know, those bonds and them, those people trusting you, not only the people working for you, but the people that you're shooting with, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, I, lo- I love the stories. Again, you know, I think you're you're extremely different from everyone else I've interviewed on the podcast, just because, <laughs> like, like I told you when I wanted to, you know, get you to do this. I don't know many TV producers. You're the only one, right? So it's really cool that you're you're able to make the time to come on and, and kind of share some of your experiences. So I'm going to close with this. Uh, I always I always ask my guests if you could give advice to my listeners uh, to help them achieve their full potential. You know what 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 would that one piece of advice you'd give? That one piece of wisdom to help people uh, in their life. I would say my biggest piece of advice is find a job you love doing. And if you really want to make it happen, then go after it. You know, be the hardest worker in the room. Um, you know, independent of your, of your skill level, you can always acquire that. But um, you can you can always make sure you're the hardest worker in a the room. Um, there's, there's to me that that's one thing you can't control, and that's what's helped me. You know, get to where I'm at today. Yeah, I think I think that it, it, it's interesting that, and is it is that just? I want to ask you this because I think that's great advice, but. Is that like a, an industry thing that many of the people in your industry really look at people and say, I think you can acquire skills. I want someone who hustles, who works hard, who listens, you know, who cares. Is, is that something that the industry looks at a lot or is that really your philosophy? I think it's really my philosophy. Um, you know, it definitely when I'm crewing up and I and I get to pick crew, if I know of a hardworking you know, intern who's ready to, to make the jump, like I'll absolutely try to get them on a show as a PA or something like that, but a uh, production assistant. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of this industry is still who you know. So um, the, the cool part and, and weird part about this industry is, you know, you work with a crew for sometimes a month, sometimes a week, sometimes three months, and then they go off and work on another show. And, um, you know, but you might connect with a sound guy that you worked with five years ago who has a gig or, or a camera guy three years ago. So it's it's a weird, <laughs> you know, who, you know, type of type of industry. Um, and which, it sounds like it's a pretty small, small world at, at times, even even uh, with the, the people, you know, you keep seeing. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I've been real lucky to I, I try to work with the same you know, the same people as much as possible because I've developed a great group of friends. And, um, you know, when you can work with your friends, uh, it, it makes it not so it, you know, it makes the days, the long days not suck so bad. And it it makes everything a little bit better. I think. No, that makes sense. So, uh, last question, if we want to find your latest and greatest work, what, what are you doing right now and where can we find the, you know, the work that you're currently doing? Like where 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 would we go watch it? Well, you could watch the first season of the show. I um I produced Secrets of the Zoo. You could um you could find it on nationalgeographic.com. There's six episodes up from the first season. Um, and then we're coming back with twelve more 
that'll be airing probably in June on Nat Geo Wild. And what is, what is it about? Like, what, what's the premise of the show? It, it's sort of a, a behind-the-scenes look at the Columbus Zoo. Um, you know, we're, through the eyes of the vets and the keepers there. And um, there, there's so much love and passion that goes into um, caring for these animals. Like, they have 10,000 animals, um, and you don't realize just how much they care about them. You know, it, it's not just the zoo it's 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 their passions like all those people are are working there because they love animals and and they want to provide the best lives for them possible no that's that's fantastic so we'll make sure to check that out on nat geo uh so nat geo tv is the second season coming out in that but we can go to nationalgeographic.com and find the uh season one so thank you so much this was a ton of fun uh again i think great story i think some great advice and thanks for making time Thank you for listening to the Full Potential Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our movement, please visit our website, fullpotentialmovement.com. You can also find us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and a YouTube. Thank you again, and we hope you come back to hear another episode.